We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use our URL felixgrayglasses.com backslash CMOS girlies. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now. felixgrayglasses.com slash CMOS girlies. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. felixgrayglasses.com slash CMOS girlies. Hey CMOS girlies, it's episode 99 of your favorite wellness podcast. I'm here with Emma. Happy Sunday. How's it going, dog? Happy Sunday. Yeah, it's hard to believe that we've done this 99 times. Um, Time flies when you're a meme admin and a podcast host. Also, just before we get into the episode, I want to apologize for the audio (laughs) last week. Kate and I clearly don't know how to use microphones. Kate and I were talking off pop before we got on here. We were both like, yeah, we kind of just like forget that we even have microphones. So we'll just like flail them around. Um, So yeah, I totally know that like I was listening to the audio last week and I was like, wow, this is like so annoying yeah um so the people who commented we we see you we hear you you. um hopefully this is better but no promises because again we just like plug the cords into our computer speak into the microphone and hope for the best um we don't have any like audio feedback loops so yeah we're figuring it out we see you we hear you we will work on it uh i didn't really think it was gonna be an issue and then yeah i listened to it and i was like yeah y'all we 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 are going to try to that one Anyways, um, my day today, Sunday, I was walking around like an aimless idiot, which is exactly what you should do every single Sunday. Wear the ugliest outfit you have and do the dumbest shit ever that has no meaning. Okay. I ran into Mark Hyman. (laughs) Not ran in. I was leaving Whole Foods Bowery in the afternoon. I barely look up from my phone. I barely, barely do. And the time I do, I see a man running to beat the intersection and I'm like, (laughs) I dropped my bag almost. I'm like, that is Mark Hyman. What the celebrity signing? Where does he even live? I don't think here, but I feel like he's probably at the wealth status where maybe he has residency here. I have no idea. I thought he was a Cali boy. Oh yeah, wherever like the ultra wellness whatever center is, wherever that's located. Well, I know his. It's the Cleveland Clinic would be yeah. So maybe he lives in Ohio. 
I don't know. I'll do some research after this. Anyways, I see him running across the street. I drop my shit. I make eye contact with him. It's like a busy fucking street. So there's a lot of people by him. And I was just like, are you Mark Hyman? And he was like, yeah. And then kind of like already had walked past me. And I was just like, love your work as he was like running away. And then it was funny because there's these three people standing outside of Whole Foods just like on their phone, like calling an Uber or something like that. And they Googled him and they were like, yeah, I heard them over talking about it because I was kind of spinning in a circle. I was like, do I call Emma or do I just text her? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. need to call her. It's not that serious. I can just send her a text. But then they were looking it up and they were like, yeah, she was right. That was this Mark Hyman. And I went over to them and I was like, yeah, he's kind of a nobody unless you're really into my health and wellness stuff. So he probably doesn't get stopped a lot. Micro celebrity. Yeah. He's a very niche internet celebrity, but I think the CMS girlies will know who that is. And then I had a realization on my walk home where I was like, damn, you know, you meet your idols. And I'm not saying like I idolize him. I know he's very, like says some problematic stuff, says some good stuff, whatever, but he ripped off the band-aid to get us into health and wellness and like CMOS girlies probably wouldn't exist if I didn't find out about health and wellness through him so it was really like a moment where I was full circle like yeah I like wouldn't really be doing this job if I didn't read his books or listen to his podcast at one point you know yeah definitely um a big influence in our lives yeah my day was kind of silly definitely just like very sleepy today it's also we're finally getting the fall weather so I feel like I'm just like cozy kind of wanting to hibernate I did laundry today and I just want to say that I hate doing laundry I feel like I always talk about how I hate cleaning, but laundry is like the bane of my existence. And I live underneath a laundromat. So it's like above, fine. but I feel like I'm always you don't doing live up. Wait, you don't live underneath. You live above. a laundromat. I live above. Thank you. It's, <laughs> it's a Sunday night at 7 PM. You guys. Um, but I, you know, like how some people, I don't know what I was going to actually say, but anyway, what I was going to say is that, you know, well, actually, you know what I was going to say? Yeah, you know, Justin Bieber, like, always had, like, all that Calvin Klein underwear, and he had, like, a plethora of it, so he'd, like, wear one pair and, like, throw it away. I feel like I remember watching this, like, in some sort of, like, interview thing, or maybe, like, what were those, like, gross teen magazines back in the day where they yeah, were, like, like tiger gossip? Beat. But I'm, like, the same way, but, like, when it comes to workout wear, where it's, like, I just want, like, enough workout wear so I don't have to do laundry for, like, a full month. I want to be able to wear it toss it in my laundry basket and then like have enough to like last me an entire like a month. Um, so yeah, that is just, I just feel like I'm always washing my laundry now. I was washing stuff with Dr. Bonner's in the shower, but then like shit started to smell and I was like, yeah, Emma, you can't be doing this. Yeah. I was, I, I feel you on that. I just hate doing it. Um, I hate folding it after like I have, to oh, I don't myself, fold. I have to allow myself two days to like get myself back going with it. Um, my random thought of this week is like, why are candles expensive? Yeah. Like, come on, that is wax. That should be free. Like for me, it's kind of like water where I'm like, this is from the earth. Why the fuck are we paying money for it? I mean, don't get me started about tampons. I can't control I'm bleeding, but I have to pay for that. That, I mean, we know about the pink tax, whatever. Um, my, my week honestly was like customer service. Hell, I think I've been on the phone. I'm not even going to look at my phone, but probably like seven to 10 times with different customer service things. So one, Emma and I opened a bank account for supple, how to deal with that Two, I'm going to Santa Barbara to run a half marathon. So I had to call, um, the car rental because I forgot to say that I'm 23. So you have to pay extra. I was on the phone forever for that. Um, got a new iPhone. Of course that is an issue. I also broke my phone screen. So I had to go to like one of those janky as fuck you break, you fix it places to get a phone screen fixed because I couldn't text anyone. Um, my phone's my job. I was like sending out random letters to like everything else, whatever I had to do that. My headphones broke from Sony had to send a replacement in. Um, probably something else in the docket, but I feel like I was just anxious the whole week about like, did I finish everything? Like, did I leave my iPhone in a random location? Like are all of my 
I's dotted and my T's crossed. I feel very disoriented, but I'm trying to convince myself that I think I did everything I needed to do this past week. So prayers that I didn't forget to pay my rent or something. I know I did that, but other stuff. So yeah, I think I worked like 80 hours this past week. So I just like have no brain cells. I was like working until midnight, like every single day. So I girl passed way too hard. Um, and I'm funny moment of the week though. I forgot. We didn't even put in the intro notes. Mm. Emma and I were both on dates and we went to the same place. Oh yeah. Emma texted me at like four. She's like, we'll have a date later. You can do last game or something. And I was like, okay, have fun. Like I'm going to the flower shop or I don't know. I, one of the conversations I maybe was like, I'm going to date you post meme. One of us mentioned the spot where we're going, but the other person never replied to the text or saw the text. So I'm on a date and go to the back room and I see Emma sitting down with her date who she'd already gone out with. So her is mine is the first day, hers is the second. I go over there and I'm like, not you here, not you at this sceny bar in the Lower East Side, the same place I am. And both of our dates are sitting there like they look like those background characters in SpongeBob where they're kind of like, what is going on? Those poor men having to like awkwardly talk. Also, I've decided that I don't like flower shop. I hated the vibes. It was like so loud and overwhelming. I only want to be at bars where I'm with like 60 year old hags that like wear old band t-shirts but yeah it was very goofy seeing you my date was very excited to meet the other CMOS girl leagues I feel like they all find about find out about the meme page and they're like so just like enthralled by just the concept of like two girls running the thriving meme page about like chia seeds yeah my date um, but was yeah that kind- was a fun encounter my date was the kind of guy where you tell him something and he doesn't remember any facts about you. So I will <laughs> continue to go out with that guy. But then I went on a date Friday with this guy that I actually like. And we went to Forget Me Not, which is like a sceny place in the Lower East Side. And honestly, it's giving cave environment. It's giving log log cabin. Um, I thought it was going to be really annoying people, but I was like in the corner and I was like, this is a great, like, give me some hot cocoa. I feel like I could sleep here. <laughs> like, this is a fine spot. So yeah, um, the, Emma and I are in the streets. You know, if you are dating summer, was personally hell for me it was personally hell on fucking earth I think everyone has the excuse to be a whore you know oh I'm going on vacation I'm gonna be out of town I'm not looking for anything serious all right get that out of your system fall I feel like there's better hope so if you've been hesitant about dating or like you've been in the dumps maybe fall is your time to shine yeah who knows yes also lastly Kate and I need to figure out what we're gonna do for our 100th episode if you see must release have any ideas let us know I know we've done like happy Zoe before but we're thinking about doing the Russian baths and getting like Chinese food um so maybe expect a live podcast recording for the 100th I feel like we say stuff that our listeners don't know so the Russian baths are a historic yeah they're historic spa and bath uh, it's called the Russian Bass. You can Google it on the internet. In the, in the East Village, it's been around since like early 1900s. Traditionally, it's like kind of only guys go there. Um, you go <laughs> and the the practices they do are like hot stone massage. Like you can get whacked with leaves. You can get like a clay massage where they like rub clay all over your body. You can also eat at the Russian Bass. Yeah, they so have it's, like authentic food. It's very weird environment because it kind of is, you know, very traditional and follows all of that. It's not like some millennial like yuppie spa, but I know a lot of guys go there like dudes just go there every single week like they're dedicated to it so I don't know how many girls go to it but I think it'd be fun if Emma and I went I don't know how we'd pod from inside the baths that's TBD but we could pod from the streets we could pod us walking to a Chinese restaurant 
We could go to Morgan Stearns. Oh, we haven't been there in a while. Emma and no. I want to taste every flavor at Morgan Stearns. I want to try the new fall flavors if they have any. Yeah. So let us know in the comments below what we should do for episode 100. Um, my only other point is I have, I'm, I was just eating salmon today and I felt like Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't even know if she eats salmon, but I just, whenever I eat salmon, I just feel like I'm the epitome of like being in wellness. So yeah shout out salmon shout out to salmon anyways today's episodes about muscle recovery injury prevention emma and i have been bitching in the past few intros that both of us had some nasty nasty injuries cmos girlies can relate of course because you guys are all jocks too so we figured this would be a good episode because it's something i feel like people subconsciously know that i should be taking x amount of rest days and i should be stretching and stuff but Consider this us giving you a little slap on the face that you need to remember to do it because it's easy to fall off the bandwagon and then boom, your Achilles is almost going to tear like me. So yeah, it sucks that you have to worry about all of it. It is annoying. I'm really bad at keeping up with, you know, mobility work and foam rolling and doing all that jazz, but it does benefit you in the long run. So hopefully you guys will, you know, get some insight, maybe feel inspired. If you don't, I totally get it. Cause I'm probably not going to be inspired after this either. I'm like not going to foam roll after recording this. Um, I'm going to sit in a bath after this. I'm on my bath shit, but good that's for you. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just do legs up the wall. Like I usually do and think that that will save me, but yeah, let's get into the episode guys. Get into it. Thanks for listening to CMOS girlies. Let's chat episode 99. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, CMOS girlies. We have to tell you all about our favorite new plant-based protein powder by Sprout Living. They're so delicious, so clean, and really much more than just your standard protein powder. Now, what really makes them different is that they avoid a lot of the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real, whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is great because it makes the blends multifunctional. Their Epic Protein Pro Collagen Blend, for example, also contains ingredients that help boost the body's own natural production of collagen. How cool is that? They have tons of different flavors. There's truly something for everyone to love. Check them out and use the code CMOSGRILLIES for 20% off your order. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. 
This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, CMOS girlies. We know you spend hours scrolling and liking our memes on your phones. Hey, Emma, have you heard about the dangers of blue light? Oh, girl, am I aware? From the headaches to the blurry vision, I am a victim of blue light. Did you know that exposure to blue light at night can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep? Even though your girlies take your magnesium before bed, we suggest you check out Felix Gray lenses to help with blue light exposure. Kate and I are wearing our glasses as we we record this ad because the Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on the eyes. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Okie dokie. Let's get into injury prevention. So maybe we should talk a, bit, a little bit about like why our body gets sore, like kind of what our muscle knots, how lactic acid buildup occurs, all that fun jazz before we get into how to actually prevent all that from happening. So really the reason why we feel soreness after working out is because we have just exposed our muscles to stress that they are not generally accustomed to. And so this acute stress is what kind of causes micro damage, the muscle fibers and this damage that you feel lasts for about 24 to 72 hours. But this acute stress and damage is actually good and beneficial because that's how you actually end up building like additional strength of muscle. And since our body dislikes being sore, it immediately goes into a repair process for the damage done to the muscles. And like I said, this repair process is how we increase our strength as the thickness of these fibers increase around our muscles. And so what lactic acid buildup is, I think this is a common thing that a lot of people probably experience, especially during like high intensity exercise. You know, if you're like maybe doing soul cycle and like you at some point can't feel your legs, um, it's, this is when this occurs because, and it's created when the body turns glucose to energy through oxygen. And so when there's not enough oxygen, which is mainly during really intense exercises, lactate is produced, which can give lactate is produced because it is able to give your body energy while there's an absence of oxygen. But essentially when there's like more lactic buildup than what is being removed, it can result in that burning sensation. Muscles are unable to contract as effectively, and it can reduce your, um, you know, performance when it comes to exercise. And then lastly, our muscle knots. I feel like these are another common thing that people probably experience more if you're like maybe lifting weights and muscle knots are actually called myofascial trigger points. And it's the fascia which is a small layer that surrounds the muscles. And so when our muscles are getting damaged, whether that's like, you know, 
through some sort of heightened increase in exercise, or if you're like lifting a way heavier load, um, it can cause inflammation in the fascial layer and the clump of a flame tissue is the myofascial trigger point. And common like symptoms of these type of muscle knots are like tender to touch, limited range of motion, and generally develop from newer strenuous um, or more strenuous than usual range of motion. So those are just like kind of, I think like an explanation of like, yeah, how you get sore. Cause I think it is like kind of confusing how it's like just lifting something heavy, like makes you sore, but obviously like everything makes sense. And then just like common things that you might experience the day after, um, doing any type of like intense exercise. Yeah. And they always say when you're lifting or when you're doing any sort of workout, like breathe, which you're like, okay, breathe. So I stay alive, but you have to breathe to pump oxygen to your muscles to make sure that Mm -hmm. they're getting that so they can keep performing. Another thing is like with this episode overall, a lot of this is going to, when you're thinking about your personal experience, a lot of this is going to focus on the intensity of your exercises. So whether that comes to rest days, whether that comes to stress that you accumulate inflammation, recovery, all that stuff, it, changes a lot based on how strenuous it is. Cause that's going to change of like how much you're pushing your body. So not to say, and we did an episode all about like high impact versus low impact versus, um, more of this like intensity scale as well. So you can do low impact stuff that is very good for your muscles. And it's like not cardiovascularly, like super intense, but just something to think about, um, like as relates to your personal kind of journey. So what can you do to prevent injury? So this is kind of a can of worms. There's going to be a lot of things you can do. And then also, even if you do all these things, you still can get injured. So I want to make sure that that's clear. You are not a bad person because you got injured. I have definitely had the situation with like PT and like strength trainers where they make you feel like you are wrong, like you are a alien because you broke your ankle or something or like you're so weak like if I've had people with running injuries that I've had like DM me shit like well if you were running properly you wouldn't get injured it's like there are professional football players that get injured so like what like what what the hell do you think um so basically some ways that you can prevent injury we're going to get into some techniques you can do and then some sort of like maintenance things you can do while you are working out uh, or like as you are training kind of throughout the week and stuff like that. So to start off, um, you guys may have heard this if you listen to Huberman Lab. I feel like he talks about this like all the fucking time. First one is going to be cold exposure and hot exposure. So what does that mean? So cold exposure is going to help reduce pain. Um, it's going to be what you think. It's going to be like a ice bath. So you could get in an ice bath if you want to. You also can just like put ice packs on your like you know, body parts if you want to. Um, The deliberate cold exposure is something that's going to be planned though. So it's not like going out and like sitting in like, you know, just training in the cold just to do that. It's something that's very deliberate for a very specific amount of time. The kind of overall benefits of doing cold exposure, is it going to reduce pain? It's going to reduce inflammation and the swelling. So when you work out a muscle group, like all the blood rushes to that area. So this is going to reduce the inflammation for that muscle group. Your body undergoes what is called adaptive hormesis. Um, If you think, if you want to think about what that means, cold water is initially creating this fight fight or flight response because your body has to produce enough heat to stay alive. That's like what cryotherapy is. You go sit in a cold chamber for three minutes, which I did a few weeks ago. But you're shifting your body from being in that fight or flight of like, oh my God, it's so fucking cold. I need to stay alive. But then it is getting into a state of relaxation and calm when the period of cold ends, which is like providing these adaptations to your body. So it's kind of like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You can survive it for three minutes and then your body is getting more adaptive over time. Another thing that cold exposure helps is with is recovery time. So if you've heard of shock proteins, that's like what this relates to. So it causes an initial vascoconstriction, the central pooling of blood to protect the vital organs. So it's like 
once again, back to fundamental human nature that I have to protect my organs. I'm so cold. And over time, it your helps your mu- muscles with oxygenation. So your muscles are p- working a lot, lot more effect- effectively and efficiently after doing cold exposure. And that's why you're going to decrease your muscle soreness because your adaptation. So like every time you go to work out next time and you do a cold bath, your body's going to br- like recover even better, you know, the next time and the next time. Hot therapy is like the same thing. You know, this is going to be a sauna can help improve the health and function of most of your cardiovascular system. It does also help like relieve sore muscles, but it's the same thing just on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm kind of thinking of that Christmas movie where it's like, I'm Mr. Heatmeister and Coldmeister. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's a year without a Santa Claus. It's like an animated movie. Not me, but oh my maybe God. someone listening to this does. Uh, yeah. It's like, I'm Mr. Heat, Mr. It's a great <laughs> fucking movie. Anyways, um, so I think of them as like the, the opposites, but they're kind of doing the same thing when it comes to muscle recovery. So you're going to become better. You get better at training in the heat if you do sauna stuff. Like when you have to go and train out on those long summer days, like summer is now over. Um, You're just going to get better at that if you had been doing sauna stuff. And then you're also increasing the plasma volume that relates to like your blood oxygenation, like I spoke about before. Another thing that is an overall like injury prevention recovery type thing that I think people hear about, but you don't want to do. It's really important to add a cool down phase to the end of your workout. So what does that mean? I'm kind of thinking about cardio here when it comes to like workouts and strength training as well. So Emma's going to talk more about stretching, but what I mean with a cool down phase of like when you're looking to get your heart rate to a different intensity level is you know, okay. Backtracking first. It depends on your goals because I know a lot of times in, in marathon training plans and running training plans, you want to end your mile with going a little bit faster than your last mile, because that will help you when you comes to race day. So let's say you're running six miles for the last half mile of your run. You want to try to run faster. So your body will like physically remember that when it comes to race day. Okay. If that's in your training program, I get it. But what I'm talking about with like a cool down post-workout is you always want to finish your training session with a short cool down phase for a faster recovery. What I mean by that is you want to slow down your pace to recover this intensity that you had been building up. So I would say for the last like five to 10 minutes, you want to do this because it will begin to slow your body down. Um, It'll return your metabolism and also your cardiovascular system will go back to normal. So if you struggle with like a really intense workout and getting your heart rate down, that has actually, it's been a big issue for me. And whenever I do high intensity stuff or when I do interval work, I walk it off, I walk it off, I walk it off three hours later, my heart is still racing. And it's because like in that moment, I wasn't taking enough to like cool down my pace. It also breaks up any sort of accumulations or like acidity of your muscles. So this reduced intensity at the end of your training session will speed up this like transition for your body to be like, okay, from a survival perspective, I feel like I can recover. So I'm going to allow myself to be in this recovery phase now. Um, so as I was saying before, if you are doing like a run where you want to finish faster, just if you're doing speed work, just, you know, go on a walk after you're done running, do something. So you are slowing your heart rate down and it's not just going to like an abrupt state of sitting down. And it's like transitioning you to your body to feel like it's like good again, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then kind of the next few things, these are things that probably a lot of you guys already know to do. You're probably already doing them. Um, but first is going to be like foam rolling. So foam rolling, I think is definitely kind of out of all like the self massages and like Theragons and everything, probably like the most like affordable, like tool or equipment that you can easily get off of like Amazon target, wherever, but foam rolling really helps in like targeting fibrous connective tissues that surround and support muscles. 
And, you know, when you experience more heightened level of activity, when it comes to exercise, your connective tissues can get really tight and it also just like loses its like elasticity. And so it increases the risk of like muscle suffering from soreness or injury. And so really when you're like foam rolling, it helps untangle and separate the fibers. It also just like helps in bringing like blood flow to that particular area. I have found for me, especially like days after I run that like foam rolling has really helped me in obviously just like not feeling like your legs feel like a bunch of rocks. Um, and I find foam rolling also like way more fun than just like doing like typical dynamic stretchings. Like I find those extremely boring. Um, and I also like to foam roll both like before and after working out. So definitely just like do whenever it makes most sense for you. But I have found that like foam rolling has probably been one of the most beneficial ways for me. And when it comes to like recovery after exercise next is like stretching versus dynamic stretching. So there's a lot of talk about like stretching and I feel like you know, when I have been injured or have had like weird muscle strains, I've always like, you know, gone onto the internet. It's like best ways to recover from a pulled muscle. And the common things that you're told are like, I think it's like the rice acronym. So it's like rest, ice, something, something, um, and like stretching and on TikTok, I've found a lot or I've read a lot about that. Like you should not be stretching like whatsoever. Like static stretching is actually really bad for you. So static stretching, let's get into it. It's what you probably think it is. Uh, it's going to be the lengthening or pulling the body in a particular position and holding it in whatever position for like a good 30 to 60 seconds. So y'all have done some sort of static, static stretching. You've done some sort of like yoga pose that you've probably held for a long period of time. So in the moment, static stretching, yeah, is going to feel good, especially if you are experiencing tightness in a given area, but this elimination of tightness will only really last for a very short period of time. And like kind of that additional like flexibility that you might feel or range of motion afterwards only lasts for like a few short minutes. And so it's, yeah, alleviating the symptom, but it doesn't really address the cause of tightness that you're experiencing. And this is because mobility of a joint is going to be largely determined by like the maximum range. The joint can be moved throughout, um, throughout without any injury and static stretching is not really a good way to kind of address this increase or lack of mobility within your joint. And so stretching you know, when it comes to static stretching, this is going to be more of like a relaxation movement. So it'll be better to do like post-workout. Um, and there have been studies that have found that actually doing static stretching before has been found to reduce maximal strength. And one of the reasons that you really should be avoiding static stretching, especially if you have like some sort of like muscle tear is because when you have a muscle strain or tear, it's because you basically have extended your like muscle ligament too long. And it's basically, it has kind of like broken in half. And so doing more static stretching is only going to elongate that even more. And what you want to focus on rather is actually like strengthening that area to help, um, you know, increase the, or reduce the time that it takes for like recovery, essentially. So something that you should maybe focus on more. And I feel like it's less attention is going to be dynamic stretching. And so the difference is that like dynamic stretching is like actively moving joints or muscles with specific motions to target specific muscle groups. And the reason why dynamic stretching is so beneficial is because it's going to mimic the activity or movement you are planning to do. So you're really like prepping and activating the muscles while also getting blood flow to increase flexibility. This has been found to also acutely improve performance. And so kind of another thing that sort of, you know, encapsulates sort of all of like dynamic stretching is going to be mobility work. And so mobility work is going to include flexibility and the ability to move freely without stiffness or tension on the joints. And so through this, it's going to help in like a agility, proper range of motion, also just reduce the risk of exercise and related injuries. 
because without proper mobility, you won't really be able to engage the muscles properly. And then you're going to just increase the risk of injury as your assistance muscles will begin to compensate and your assistance muscles are going to be much smaller and weaker. And I have an example that I'll talk about in a second, um, and really forcing them to take on the successive force, which just puts a lot of like risk and puts your risk for a lot of injury and pain within those areas. And also you're just not going to be actively like primary, you're not going to be activating your primary muscles and thus you're not going to really build muscle as effectively in areas that you're trying to target. If you don't have a great range of mobility. So one example is going to be like a deadlift. So for anyone who lifts a lot, you have probably done a deadlift. And one of the, like the primary things that you need in order to do a proper deadlift, deadlift, excuse me, is to have like flexible hips. Um, but if you don't have flexible hips and also if the surrounding joints aren't super like mobile either, you're not going to really be able to take on as much weight. And so what ends up, ends up happening is that like other muscles kind of in that general area are going to pick up the work, such as your lower back. If you don't have this type of like mobility and flexibility in the primary areas. So this is why a lot of people, myself included can feel a lot of like back pain and like deadlifts or squats. Cause you're putting a lot more emphasis or focus on like your back to kind of take over the movement versus like your actual like legs that you're, you know, intending to target. And so mobility is also like extremely vital just for like a longevity perspective, because we, as we get older, our body naturally loses elasticity. And we also just like spend so much time in static positions with poor posture. And so our bodies just naturally get way more tight and we're not really activating our bodies and like ligaments as much as we did like back in the day when we were constantly moving. Um, so if you're kind of someone who's like, I want to get into mobility work, I've been doing that a lot for like hip mobility. I definitely recommend going into TikTok. There's like so many great examples. And I do feel that incorporating all this, a will obviously reduce risk of injury, but I think you'll just like find that your exercises are way more like beneficial. And you're actually like getting a lot more out of your workouts because you do have like the proper mobility. So you are going to be able to do set exercises in a way more efficient and effective way. Yeah. And also with this whole episode, I think when you're younger, you don't hear a lot about rest and recovery. Like you hear, go to sleep, maybe put ice on your knee if it hurts after practice. But as you get older, you obviously are fighting the process of aging. And so you're naturally not going to be like at your peak athleticism as you were maybe when you're 18. I don't know. It's different for gender. It's different for like kind of your, your medical history. For example, my mom was a professional athlete and I always ask her about her athletic experience. She stopped playing when she was probably like 24 and transitioned into coaching. But she always said that her peak athleticism was when she was 28 and 29 because she actually figured out how to use her body. You know, even she wasn't like an all-American volleyball player in this shit. She was like, I didn't care really about recovery, rest, all that stuff as much as I did as when I was older. So I think it's a good sign if you are like maybe not the most just athletically gifted person like me. Um, if you do everything else right, like all this rest and recovery stuff, you will feel great in your workouts. Like Emma said, there are people that can wake up and not stretch and just run a fast PR for running, but it will catch up to you with time. So even though this shit is boring, it is very good to do. So we will talk about more of this in a little bit. Okay. And so next we're going to talk about strength training. And this is definitely for all the cardio bunnies out there who maybe don't do as much strength training. I know again, it's like really intimidating to get into like weightlifting or any type of resistance training. So if you haven't been doing it because you're fearful of like the gym and gym bros, I totally feel you, but you should maybe consider 
getting into it. So resistance, resistance strength training has been shown to reduce the risk of musculoskeletal injuries, or perhaps just like the reduce of severity of such injuries and individuals who are physically active have been shown to have greater bone mineral density than sedentary individuals. This is really because muscles and tendons, um, apply tension to bones. And this is basically stimulates bones to produce more bone tissue, which then leads to stronger, more and more dense bone and just reduce, reduce your risk of osteopenia. This all occurs when you are putting force or your muscles under pressure when you're lifting weights. And another reason why strength training is beneficial and can help reduce injury is because it's just going to strengthen joints. And so weight training strengthens ligaments, your tendons, joint cartilage, which allows for joints to become more flexible and also just absorb the shock applied to them. So this really is going to help with your body um, kind of remaining in proper alignment while moving under impact. This is especially like key for runners. So I'm pretty sure like when you're running and you like, you know, hit the ground, you're basically applying, like, I think it's like twice your body weight of force onto like a single like limb, which is like a lot for your body to take on. And also just strength training is going to help balance muscles. And so it's, you know, if you're working on strengthening both your abdominal and back, you will basically better be able to help protect and stabilize your spine. And this also will result in like your body not relying solely or on like your quads or your glutes, because I know for me, like I am quad dominant. So my quads often take over certain exercises and my calves are very weak. And so that's why I often experience a lot of like shin splints when it comes to running because my calves just like, aren't able to take on as much like load or basically the impact from running. Um, and of course, like when it comes to strength training, like you don't have to go like full all out, like power lifting. It could be even as simple as just like doing stuff like you know, isometric holds, like that is still like a way to help kind of strengthen your like muscles as opposed to just like only doing constant cardio. And I think like, again, like as you age, you'll probably realize more and more the benefits of like strength training. And I think just again, like from a longevity perspective, it's just like good because like no one wants osteopenia. You don't want brittle bones. You want to be able to like pick yourself up if you do fall and you want to like be able to pick up your grandkids. If you ever have grandkids at some point. Um, so, you know, definitely like start small with it and like, yeah, you don't have to like be like an expert or feel like you like have to already be like super jacked in order to like belong at the gym. Um, so definitely just things to take in consideration. Also just like workout videos at home. That's like a great way to start too. Yeah. I think with like, I've noticed as I've become into the runner community, running community in the past few years, I played volleyball. I was like a lifter my whole life or like lifting was my primary thing that I did. I've noticed a lot of runners don't prioritize strength and it's also not even talked about at all. And running is an explosive action. Yeah. If you're running 30 miles, you know, you're not elevating your heart rate. You're not doing this. You do need muscle. And like Emma said, the whole, like the bullshit about like, you're going to get bulky. If you lift, I think a lot of runners think, well, I don't want to be bulky. That's going to slow me down. I think that was something stuck in my head for a very long time. Like I don't need to do a squat. I'm just trying to run fast. A muscle is a muscle is a muscle. No matter what it looks like physically on your body, it's getting you to point A to point B faster. So yes, there's a difference between fast twitch and slow twitch muscles. If you're not aware, a basic explaining of that is fast twitch muscles are going to be things like a box jump. You're jumping, you're going to be doing a squat jump. They're explosive, very dynamic, quick movements. Slow twitch muscles, that's going to be your extensive cardio periods where you're at a very low heart rate, a low intensity, right? 
So they are building different types of muscle on your body. I'm aware of that. But as a runner, you still can benefit from doing the squats and stuff like Emma said, because it will build up strength in your body and running by nature of it. Like you do get pretty uneven, like your, maybe your glutes will take over, maybe your quads will take over and that's where injuries happen. So about 40 to 50% of runners have injuries. Shin splints is one that's kind of a reoccurring one that a lot of runners have. A lot of reasons that people have injuries is just the nature of running. It is very impactful on your body. You're running on the concrete. Um, some reasons you can get injuries. If you have really old shoes that you need to retire out, typically it's like 300 to 500 miles, but that kind of depends on your type of shoe. Um, if you are rapidly increasing your mileage, just like out of the blue, a uh, weekly mileage of greater than 40 miles in men was associated with a higher risk of injury. So that's something to consider if you're like, fuck it, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. Like you need to be very strategic about what your body can handle because you're doing the same activity, the same activity, the same activity over and over again versus someone whose primary form of working out is lifting. Maybe Monday's back day, Tuesday's leg day. You're not working out the same thing in the exact same function every day as is running is. So that's why like runners, you really need to prioritize the strength stuff because you will get injured. One thing that I learned coming off my Achilles injury is that when you have an injury in one spot, it is signaling a weakness somewhere else in your body and your body is overcompensating for that. So like Emma said, if you have weak caps, for example, your body, like, let's think you're standing up straight, visualize yourself standing up in order for you to start running. Your legs are holding up your body, right? Like your skeletal system. If your calves are very weak, they're going to burn out very fast and to hold up your body weight. So if, or I was going to say, sorry, vice versa. If you're, let's say your glutes are very weak, it can't help your body weight. Your calves are going to overcompensate and your calves are going to get really tight. Cause they're like, we have to use every force in our little muscles down here at the calves to make sure that this person's body doesn't fall over. So that's like a primary example for me. I was like, why are my calves so tight? Why are my calves so tight? I can do all of the heel drops in the fucking world. I can stretch them out. I can foam roll them somehow it's not helping out. And that's because, oh shit, my glutes are weak. So my calves are taking over. So I think if you're injured, it sucks. Trust me mentally. I know how much it sucks to want to do the thing you love, but you really should take that moment to learn what am I, what part of my body is weak that is causing this injury in my other part of my body. As it comes to like, okay, Kate and Emma, is this pain or is this an injury? A little bit of soreness is okay, right? You you crush your biceps at a workout. You're going to be sore the next day. That's to be expected. But if you notice consistent pain in a muscle or joint that doesn't get better with rest, a nagging pain in the same spot, the same thing, every time you start doing an activity, it comes back. That is a signal that you need to think about. Like, okay, I'm injured. I am coming upon an injury or I'm about to get an injury. I need to see a PT. I need to like get help for this or think about what I should do about this. But if it's like, oh, I went to the gym and I did squats yesterday. My ass hurts. Yeah, you did squats yesterday. So that's going to be knowing your body. It takes a lot of time. I've definitely pushed through things that I thought were pain and it has led to an injury. And it's going to take time for you to figure out like what is pain and what is an injury speaking. So I can't really uh, advise you on that one, unfortunately. Um, and like how to reintroduce exercise after injury with supervision. I know not everyone has access to that. I think knowing your body is difficult once again, but if your butt, if your butt, if your glutes are sore or something, don't go work them again tomorrow. Like some common sense comes to that stuff, but it also can be difficult to know like what's pain, what's injury. So yeah. Um, to get into the next section for our girlies who are like, well, can I buy any cute little supplements to help me become a jock? 
there are a few, there are a few, and you've probably heard of some of these. So we're going to go through a quick rundown of like natural remedies and supplements that help with muscle recovery, muscle growth with all of these supplements. I'm going to talk about, like some of these are more aimed towards relaxing, de-stressing, and then other things are going to be more focused on helping to build muscle and strength. So there's kind of two camps when it comes to this. We also have done a whole episode on sports supplements. If you want to hear like very specific nitty gritty ones, but these are just more like vague athletic supplements that you've heard about. So creatine being the first one, I've never taken it. You've probably heard about it from bodybuilders and muscle head bros. Basically what happens is ATP ATP production in your body that happens within your muscles. You generate more energy during your workouts. You speed up this muscular regeneration process when you do use creatine. If you want to do it, go crazy. I have no idea about creatine personally. Next, BCAAs, branched chain amino acids. Um, They're essential amino acids that can only be untamed if you have like a very specific diet or if you're taking them in a supplement. So that's kind of why most people like, even though they can't be in found foods, it's, it's just a more balanced dosage happens when you do take them through a supplement. So they're important for muscle growth and recovery because they reduce that exercise induced like muscle damage. You know, you're working out, you're naturally just like putting your, your breaking part, your muscles. And so BCAAs help rebuild those. Protein generally is going to be like the, I think the biggest one that everyone talks about a lot of helping with recovery. You know, your basic blocks need to repair and rebuild this damaged muscle mass that you have been working out. Amino acids are going to be the key here. Um, I think we've talked about this before, but even if you're choosing plant-based or whey protein, make sure it has a complete amino acid profile. You can look at the ingredients and like what's on the side and you can figure that one out. Otherwise it's like pretty much a waste of what you're putting to your body. Now into more of like the supplement category, um, tart cherry extract. I have been taking this for a few months now. Is it solving all my issues? I don't think I can isolate it, but I think it's doing stuff. I don't know. So tart cherry extract, why it's used. Um, it decreases blood markers of inflammation and oxidative stress. This is because it's extremely high in antioxidants. So if you've heard of like normal cherries are high in antioxidants. Yeah. Okay. That's like the same that goes to tart cherry extract. It has this like very anti-inflammatory polyphenol compound that is beneficial for athletes. So it's found in a liquid form. I, you probably could take it in capsule form, but what I do in the morning after I like, if I work out or something, I'll just mix it with my athletic greens and I like pour it in there and it's good. It's like a very subtle cherry, cherry taste. Also, you can take it before bed to help wind down. Like cherries help like melatonin production. If you, if you didn't know, um, next one, magnesium, our girl, I won't even get into her too much, but if you're training for a specific sport or activity or exercising a lot, you will be naturally depleting your body of essential minerals and nutrients such as magnesium. Therefore you will need to supplement these vitamins and minerals to give your body back these nutrients to allow your muscles, your nervous system, other shit in your body to fully recover. Now, magnesium relates to a lot of things, but healthy muscle function, I think, is one that is not really discussed. A lot of people think about it more in the stress and sleep category, which is true. But the reason that it helps your muscle function is because it works to block calcium uptake. So if you know anything about electrolytes, um, magnesium is going to be one that like is also you'll find those in the mag- in the um, electrolyte powders and stuff like that. And calcium is another mineral in your body that you have to pay attention to. So, um, yeah, your calcium intake or uptake will increase after working out and magnesium will help your muscle relax better after contracting during a tough workout. So that's why it is good for, you know, the jock girlies. It's good for everyone, but it's good for the jock girlies too. Last one, CBD. Um, I was a CBD skeptic. I still am kind of what the hell with CBD. I've taken some more inroads to trust CBD, but 
the efficacy around CBD. I would say in all supplements, I feel like CBD is the sketchiest lane of everything. Um, I do feel like there's some weird like creatine, like lifting, like adjacent supplements out there, like male libido, like Alex Jones supplements, but CBD is one where I'm like, it's hard to find the right dosage. It's hard to find something that's actually bioavailable. Um, I would say since weed is pretty like newly legal in most states, like there have become more studies about how weed and CBD both can be used in sports, like for athletic performance, but there still definitely needs to be more testing on those things. So CBD de-stress, you know, you'll find it in a bomb, you'll find it in a bath bomb, something like that, because it interacts with your endocannabinoid system, but cannabinoid is going to be the compound in it. And it seems to have a very anti-inflammatory neuroprotective property to it, which is why it's kind of used as this like natural pain relieving property. Like I've heard people say it's like nature's Tylenol before, which is very interesting. Um, And so, yeah, it's often used for recovery in athletes during regular training and competition, but it also can be used like both THC and CBD. A lot of runners do that before. Um, I'm personally in my stoner runner era, if anyone's curious. Has it done anything for me? No, I don't smoke weed regularly. And it'd be funny if my parents listen to this because they don't really, I mean, they don't care if I smoke or anything, but like they wouldn't know that I would be buying weed to smoke before my runs. So I run with a group that's like a cannabis-based running group. Not everyone smokes, but like some people do. And I was like, you know, I should be with the people and I should smoke like a joint before I run. And I did. And I felt like I loosened up my legs a little bit faster, but but it's, you know, you have to be more of an advanced like weed person than I am because what, there's like the person who was selling me shit was like, well, do you want it to be like a head high or do you want it to be a body high? And I was like, well, probably a head high because I don't want my legs to feel like they're going to just be like numb. Right. So if you guys, if you've done, if, you, if you, any of you are stoner runners, fucking let me know, because I know some people swear by it for alleviating pain and joint relief and all that shit. So yeah, I also work with a company, Joggy, who's like Thai Haney's Horner company, who's like a CBD company. Um, the They have a few formulas, they have oil-based CBD versus water-soluble, which is like the bad ones that are like hard to absorb. And I've taken it before my runs and I'm like, yeah, I guess, but I'm also like, was it that or was it the fact that like I foam rolled before this run? Like, it's so hard for me to isolate like what's doing the right thing, not to say to drop all your routines and shit, but Yeah, that's the thing on CBD. The last thing with supplements is I feel like there's so much discussion about like, and just stress. We're like, you need to eat right after your workouts, which like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like mind body green podcast. I was listening to it last week and they said like, if you're a young individual working out, you just need to make sure you're eating enough in the 24 hour window. You don't need to freak out of like eating 20 minutes after a workout or all your gains are going to be lost. Cause for me personally, I remember I was so stressed when I was like as a child, because I'd go to the gym be a 30 minute car ride home. And I was like, well, fuck, I don't want to like eat in the car. I want to eat at home. But by the time I cook something at home, it's going to be an hour later. Oh my God, I'm not going to have protein synthesis. Right. So there is like this recovery window for glycogen and protein ingestion, but it's not as short as we think. They say it's more of like a recovery barn door than it is like a window. So it's the quality of food that's going to matter a lot more than the time of when it's eaten. So just make sure you're eating enough throughout the day. And like, you don't need to freak out that much about exact timing. Like you don't need to add more stress to your body. The last section, which is all about rest, um, once again, seems very obvious, rest, sleep, all that stuff, but it is kind of nitpicky when it comes to a rest day, a recovery day, and I think you guys will learn something here. So 
a lot of you guys just ask like how often should I take a rest day I cannot give you a number I have no idea sorry like I don't know what you're doing I don't know the stress of your life I don't know how your body feels I don't know all of that stuff you should be taking a few per week for rest and also active recovery but it once again depends on the exertion of your workout so how hard are your workouts are there back-to-back hard workouts is it like one hard day one easy day one moderate day whatever you got to figure out that yourself but what is the difference between rest and active recovery? So a rest day is a day of no physical fitness at all. And an active recovery day is something with very light activity to help boost circulation, which will accelerate this healing process. So you'll look that up. It's going to be things like yoga, things like walking, things like stretching. Active recovery. So doing this like light that physical activity on a rest day can help boost your mood, your health. I know a lot of people, like if you're used to getting that serotonin from working out and you go to a rest day, you're like, well... I'm just sitting here and I normally get this, like, you know, this great feeling after my workouts and I don't get it. If you go on a walk, it's going to be stimulating the same thing, just not at the same intensity. So if you're looking to like get that sort of like high on your rest days, you shouldn't be doing something that should ever cause sore muscles. And that's why I just think like walking should probably be the primary thing. Walking, stretching, yoga, possibly if it doesn't elevate your heart rate or anything like that. You could swim. You could go for a a light hike. I don't know. Actually, hikes are intense depending on that. Mm -hmm. But it should just be at a reduced intensity from your normal workouts, meaning that an active rest day is still a sliding scale of like your own fitness levels. So for example, kind of like a model of you could think for a workout, if you're going to write out a workout plan is like four days of working out followed by two active recovery days and one days of pure rest or like one active recovery day and two days of pure rest, not like four workout days in a row, but that's just like four days on three days off two of those being active recovery or two of those being full rest, whatever you think is applicable for you. And I think that's smart to think about because I feel like when you get to this point of overtraining, when I'm going to talk about later, you're like kind of half-assing it every single day. You're so tired. You can't push yourself to like the extreme that like, or not the extreme, but just like how hard you want to go in the gym or working out or wherever you do that, that if you're half-assing it, you, that's a sign that you need a rest day. You you need a rest day if you can't make it through your normal workout. And it's like, oh, well, I don't want to take a full rest day. Well, your workouts are going to fucking suck then. Like you, it's, it might sound like, oh my God, I'm only working out twice a week or three times a week. Yeah. But if you're going all out where like your heart rate's at its max zone or you're lifting way more than you're ever able to lift, that's intense. And those rest days are beneficial. So you can get back to doing that shit again to build progress. So that's just tough, tough lesson you will learn there. Um, basically your muscles also like can't grow unless you're resting. So if a muscle group is particularly sore after you work out, do not train it again intensely until it's been healed and no longer sore. So like I was talking about earlier, where runners are prone to a lot of injuries because you're working the same shit every single day versus someone who's lifting, you can kind of subsect into different groups for your workouts. Um, muscle soreness actually takes, it can peak at like two days post-exercise, a minimum of 48 hours to rest is optimal optimal. So if you're growing, growing up playing sports all the time and you just have back-to-back practices and all that stuff, you wonder why you're injured. Yeah. Cause your muscles are actually never at rest. So that's something to be more grateful for as an adult. Um, you have more time for recovery. You can build out your schedule more. And another big thing is that you need to eat the same on your recovery days. I think a lot of people freak out about their Fitbit being like, you burn this kind many calories a day and you see on your rest day, well, I didn't burn as many, many calories. Well, a lot of times you're one, after a high intensity workout, your body is focused on recovering your muscles. And so you might not be as hungry. That's like normal to feel. So you might be like, why am I so hungry on my rest days? 
because your body is like, I need to heal these muscles now. And it is waiting for nutrients to come in. So your muscles are depleted of this glycogen and a rest day is this perfect opportunity to replenish your glycogen reserves. So your body is ready for the next workout. The body will use any protein ingested about like two after two hours after workout to rebuild the body to grow. But also this muscle growth process will last for up to 24 hours in the post-workout period. So it is very, very important that you, I would say, take better, not better, but like try to eat the best, I would say on your rest days, if that makes sense. Because I think for me, sometimes on training days, I don't eat a lot of cruciferous vegetables. I don't eat a lot of kimchi and stuff because I can't go on a long run if I have all this fermented vegetables in my stomach, but I know those are good for me. Right? So if I have the opportunity to have a rest day where I'm not doing something intense, like go eat, you know, I mean, eat whatever. I don't really care what you eat, but I'm just saying like, if you know that you kind of eat like more of like a bland diet, on your working out days, like then focus on getting those like very nutrient rich foods or just cook something fun or just like, you know, eat like a fun meal on your rest days that it should just be a mode where it's like, you think about this, like I am treating my future body with what it needs to get through the next endeavor. Right. And I think back to overtraining. So I would say the main thing that you're going to notice of overtraining of like, you probably will know in the back of your head, but it's like a thing where you don't want to like think you're doing it. The biggest one is going to be changes in performance. So if you find yourself just generally moving slower, if you can't make it through your lift, you're lifting less weight normally than you're able to. If you have to take way more rest breaks and you're generally not pushing yourself as like much as you need to, you could be overtraining. Some other signs of this is if you're dreading your workout, it's a lot slower for you to recover. If you are developing amenorrhea, so loss of period, those are going to be things of like, I am overtraining. My body is like starting to shut down its vital functions. I'm sad. I don't get my period all that stuff. So take a few days off and come back. You're, you're not going to lose all of your muscle if you take a week off nor a month off of working out. So that's that. Um, uh, yeah, Emma posted a meme about doms, which was like so funny. I was like, are we going to get flagged for like a kinky meme, like on the fucking page? Um, basically doms is called delayed onset muscle soreness. It occurs for a few days after a workout. And it just is like another form of like, yeah, your muscles are sore and recovery takes like a long fucking time. Um, shout out doms. Shout out doms. Yes. Honestly, like I think taking rest days has been the one thing that I like am still learning to like actually take. And it definitely is just a process. I think of getting older, like today, I truly felt like I was going to fall asleep during my entire workout. So I was like, Emma, this is a sign that you're like overtraining. You got to take it easy. You probably need to like do a little, like bit of a refueling moment to actually like feel energized. Um, so yeah, you're not weak for taking rest days. I think it's really easy for a lot of us to go on the internet and see a lot of like fitness influencers constantly like posting their gym routines every single day or to see a lot of like marathon training people. I know that's been kind of like triggering for me lately, just like seeing people like run every single day. Um, so, you know, definitely tailor your feed so that it's not problematic for you. And yeah, there's a lot kind of in this episode, but I think this is a very important episode that you guys should probably actually take into practice just because it'll actually benefit you in the long run. And I wish I had this type of knowledge when I was getting into like working out or taking my physical activity more seriously, especially if you grew up being, you know, a athlete, I think it's really easy to get, to stay stuck in that mentality. And, you know, I think for me, that's been like a lot for me to like process and learn, like, no, you're not an athlete, Emma, you can pretend you're an athlete, but that doesn't mean that you can just like keep on working out and like 
killing your body, you need to like actually like honor it and honoring it is again, like fueling, resting, recovering, because otherwise you're just gonna have a broken bot and no one wants that. Yeah. And once again, it's not weak to take a rest day. I think that's another misconception of it too. You're being very smart to your body to take a rest day. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's also like, take this as a sign of like, I get to, you know, I get to control the way that I want to work out. I think when you're on a team or any sort of environment, you don't get to control that. And I think that's just a huge like privilege to have. And so with that, do a good job at it, you know, like works out your actual workout won't be fun unless you're doing the recovery stuff. Right. And so like do all this, this stuff, right. So you can just like be mindless in the moment for it. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, hope you enjoyed this jock episode. I'm going to have to implement all of this as I train for a marathon next year and going to die in the process, but you know, we'll make it through. You're either living or you're dying. So that's a good one, baby. Um, (laughs) thanks for listening to the pod girlies. Um, you know where to find us, you know, where to find the memes, you know, where to find the community in Geneva and who knows what we'll do for our wacky hundredth episode next week. Yeah. TBD. Okay. Peace and love. Talk to you then. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.